Hello everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of our podcast. We're really excited to have you. Uh, we have our guest tonight. Dr. Rurangi is a PhD student at Victoria University Centre uh, for Applied Informatics and in the Institute for Sustainable Industries and Livable Cities. That sounds amazing while well, it's a bit of a mouthful, but it is <laughs> incredibly relevant to everything we're trying to do today. Yeah, Dr. Rugwanye is the founder of STEM Sisters, which is an amazing platform for women in STEM. And we are definitely going to have a lot of questions for her about this amazing community. She's a sessional lecturer also in uh, Victoria University's uh, College of Business, as well as a research ambassador providing peer-to-peer support to other researchers. Um, You have been so proactive in creating an environment that aims to reduce the disparities for women in STEM, which is something that we are truly passionate about as well. Thank you so much for coming here to talk to us today and share your story. It is truly a pleasure to have you here tonight. Thank you both for having me. Yeah, so if you want to just start off with maybe introducing a little bit about yourself and your background, that would be awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, so as mentioned, um, I am Ruangi Fernando. I'm born in Sri Lanka. I arrived in Melbourne for to pursue my PhD. I've been an academic and a technologist back home. I had years of experience working in the IT sector in in Sri Lanka, but I've worked internationally while I was in Sri Lanka as well. So being an academic, I've pursued my bachelor's and a double master's, and it was kind of high time to get into my PhD. So that's how I arrived in Melbourne and to pursue my PhD. Uh, so um, I was at Victoria University for the last four years, uh, which ended uh, in uh, in 2021 and now graduated in 2022 March. So um, it, I had a very wonderful, pleasant experience doing my PhD uh, that was more focused on uh, AI and machine learning, where I looked at how special events affects road congestion. So uh, that was the dominant business area that I applied these machine learning and AI technologies to look at. Um, I also was very fortunate to receive a, a scholarship from Data61 uh, CSRO and worked with a supervisor uh, during my PhD. And also I uh, completed a six months internship with the Department of Transportation, um, looking at a very similar aspect of how planned disruptions affects Victorian roads and how we can mitigate things and manage things better. Uh, that's basically uh, was my research uh, introduction. And also uh, because I've been working as a academic back home and years of experience got me an opportunity to work in the similar fields of technology um, as business IT, uh, ERP systems, um, MIT sort of subjects at Victoria University for the master's students, which I truly enjoyed um, teaching and working as a sessional. Um, During all of this, plus I I soon came across the um, struggle particularly women of color or culturally and linguistically diverse women in Australia is facing currently, um, not knowing exactly what the problem or like what gravity of the problem is, is what we are, is given with or what we have to encounter. Um, I came across so many women who were struggling, even after PhDs, even having top tier journal papers, multiple of them, 
having all of these years of experience, even in back in their home countries, was facing huge issues of unemployment in an area where they are constant seeking for talent. So my understanding of economics of supply and demand, there is a supply and a demand and where you can't fix this problem. Uh, If there were no job opportunities, then I would have, you know, um, it's a different case. But here they're seeking talent and there is this marvelous woman with high uh, skilled in all of these STEM areas and facing unemployment. And even they get employment, they are not in the same field or, you know, it's not in STEM or they're getting to very junior positions. They hide sometimes their PhDs just to get into an entry place. So in a place situation like this, I couldn't understand why. And I initially, um, you know, try to mingle network with people and I could see this is not a small problem. Wherever I go, I could see so many women with this same problem happening. And I thought of doing something about it. At least we group together and figure out because there, may be, there are few who kind of manage this journey. So we try to learn from them and so the others can also, you know, implement some of those techniques to kind of figure this out. So that's what STEM Sisters started with um, at mostly at Victoria University in 2017 when I started my PhD. But soon as the demand was so high, we uh, expand very organically across other universities. Um, and in 2019, we like we had so many workshops and events during that time, meetups, networks and networking events and things like that. But formal mentoring programs started in 2019 um, and then uh, and mostly in 2020 it was COVID and I, I'm sure like all of us were completely stopped and locked down but still we were doing unique programs to kind of combat challenges of these migrant women uh, particularly international students we were, they were isolated they don't have family here they were like you know in a very struggling situation so we did many things in that time and then we started, we have a separate LinkedIn group called Awareness of Opportunities. That's a group, oh, wow. that's a group where we share opportunities only. So it can be grants, scholarship, internships, jobs, um, things. So because, you know, initially I honestly, when I see something, because I had good networking skills, when I, I network pretty well very early and I use LinkedIn, I, like, you know, everything that I've received is through LinkedIn, to be honest with you. I'm very grateful for the tool and the platform that I've developed. Uh, you know, I like what I've encountered with it. So, and I, when I see an opportunity, I, now I want, like, I remember people, okay, I should send this to this person. I should send this to this person. Honestly, it was more challenging to, you know, sending. So I thought, can't I just post it somewhere so and everyone can see that? So that's what I set that group up. Uh, so it's an awareness of opportunities where we share. So when I post it there and others, there are other contributors and we welcome everyone to contribute in the group um, so that we can share opportunity because a lot of us doesn't know there are awards, there are grants, there are, uh, you know, because it's a new country, we don't have a network. And when you don't have a network and Australia, there is so much of um it's like the secret talk that how recruitment happens. It's a lot through networks. It's not through formal advertising. So if you're not in the network, simply you're out of, uh, uh, so you don't have no opportunity at all. So try to bridge that gap. Now we have, I think, 
900 plus members there. So we that's only women, uh, only women of women and women of color and women of color allies. So we, we just um, use that platform. So that was started in 2020. And then um, I wanted to do more, but as I mentioned earlier, it was really struggling to, you know, do a PhD and do teaching and doing this. Yeah. And this is completely voluntary. So I thought to myself, when I submit my thesis in early 2021, I'll give STEM sisters one solid year of my time and um, try to raise funding and add more um, like, you know, add more programs because I had that plan in my head, but didn't have the, you know, capacity to kind of implement them. So since I've submitted my thesis, now it's almost one year, um, you know, to end of this June will be almost one year. I've spent completely only on STEM sisters, taking a pause in everything else that I did, um, just so that I am assured that I can take this forward. And then that is we have, we can raise some capital so that we'll sustain on its own and, yeah. and manage things better. So in 2021, we start up the ambassador program. And also we have a digital magazine called Magnify. And also we we ran a new initiative called Dress to Impress. And also we worked on some um, outreach program called uh, STEM Careers for Kids through comic book series. So these are some of the things that we did uh, during 2021. So yeah, that was a wow. long summary, but <laughs> I think I covered all. You went through so many good things. Yeah, COVID kept you super busy. I think the first question that comes to mind is you talked about a, a lack of opportunity for these uh, these women and um, it, it doesn't sound to be a linguistic issue. Um, so have you found that it's simply that there's a lot of opportunity at an entry level, um, especially, you know, for people of color, but in more senior positions, they just tend to be overlooked or is there a different set of, parameters that the, the recruiters are looking for that we're simply lacking yeah i think it's both a lot of people we see sometimes even for entry positions they just get in employers do bring them there but there is no retention because there is no culture there is no inclusivity in the work environment so they just come in they don't feel belong so they'll leave because um everything we are unique you know um like women of course women like that's what stem sisters were focused on like we were not giving them many stem skills because they have all of those technical skills more than enough right most of yeah. them are graduated or done a degree in australia itself so you know they are well equipped with their understanding but um we felt like they had lack of confidence in certain aspects or you know issues as such uh, which uh, which is needed but in terms of your point i think it's 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 like a leaky pipeline that's what we say i think yeah. this is across platforms even for general women not just women of color there is less positions filled up at the top or middle yeah. tier uh, this is due to many reasons. Uh, sometimes it's due to uh, women going through their journeys of personal life, taking breaks um, for uh, for family, for children, and unable to come back. Um, and and because you know they are not being welcomed back, they always recruiters or employers see for gaps. So facilities need to be like you know looked into what really struggling. 
uh, these women are like women of color and gender women and recruiters including employers needs to work better model uh, to figure out what what's needed and how they need to do it but opportunities are there it's just that simply um, uh, they're not open for women and very high position very high positions i think they're already occupied by men so in order to occupy by a woman someone needs to step down so that needs to happen as well so um in very high positions i'm talking about like you know the boardrooms right uh, in those positions if there are eight board members 10 board members if they're already filled by male where is the place for women so that that means that a certain positions need to step down or then they need to come up with a strategy to kind of include include women and women of color and everyone including you know so i always say like i sp- speak about women of color but my my honest my my gut or what i aim for is equity for all so i think in equity for all equality is when we represent the society in every place of decision and every place of uh, community we need to have that representation so what australia population we need to rep- have that representation so there should be lgbtq members there should be disability members there should be um, you know all of these differences has to be mimicked and reflect in the places that we make decisions or the new technologies are developed then only we develop something inclusive of everyone and it's not just like a lot of people think okay this is a social cause no 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 this is not a social cause at all if you the research shows and even practically it's been proven if you have a diverse at least gender diverse boardroom your profits can increase up to 25% if you have culturally diverse real real mimicking the environment like different walks of life you know diversity like you know disability lgbtq uh, women of color you can increase up to 35% profit so in an area of stem uh, this is so so critical and important so organizations multi multi like you know very very broad like you know very successful organizations in australia and overseas mostly overseas is is using these as to their advantage and they they that's why it's been proven so it's money for employers if they do well so that's a very interesting point that you bring because i think I mean, we've only had interactions at an entry level, so I can only really speak about that. But we often hear like, and it's something we were going to talk about in a different episode about merit and and the not having inclusivity just for the sake of inclusivity, um, but having inclusivity only if the women have the merit to be hired. Uh, and I'm not disputing, like uh, definitely all the women you talk about are fantastic PhD holders and everything. But um, you say a 25% increase in profit just by having inclusivity um how do you think like that that whole argument of oh but are they worth it to be there like how do you think that comes into play Uh, it's because of innovation it's because of innovation so um you know diversity like innovation is the core and the key aspects of any business nowadays every business is whether whether it's not directly stem they're using technology and yeah. and and you know in the environment of competition what's happening 
every organization needs to innovate all the time every time otherwise they cannot necessarily be successful yeah. if you have if you have a diverse group this is what the statistics is if you have a diverse group then your profit will increase up to 25 percent yep so if you have a real diverse group of you know inclusive of everyone women of color not just like you know because mostly it's gender you know 50 percent male 50 percent female Literally, so at yeah. least if you get that you can get it up to 25 percent profit because you'll be having like you know when you do innovation it's about how people think about it their intelligence their their works of life how they think you know there are so many examples in stem you know i'm, I'm sure if you dig down there's a very famous one when the first um, seed belt was innovated it was not for women <laughs> still isn't really i don't think we haven't made much progress yeah so you can read there are so many examples like this that is because it was never thought even now if you talk about you know if you google search a scientist you know what you can see yeah. is male because it's been written by men the code and everything that's why it is like that so ai especially in ai we we stress this upon because ai is what now drives this like there are so many automated decision making processes so yeah. we will completely go in a different direction if we don't really get this sorted now yeah because i was reading that the the, the biases that we already have in society or go into the people coding the ai are simply propagated more by the ai yeah, so is that something that like we just need to simply raise more awareness for uh yeah or or literally be like we need to stop developing more until we have more people representing all walks of life. Um I don't know if stopping is a possibility yeah. because no. it's it's what we are heading but we have to kind of get the get the diversity aspect right in order to kind of make sure we don't face like you know we come up with new problems <laughs> yes. you know at least because now we are like there is nothing wrong we are just using machines to benefit ourselves like and if we are not coded that properly it's not the machine's fault it's our fault of not giving yeah. that proper information in so that's that's a very serious upcoming issue um, you know, which we need to. So that is like, you know, raising awareness and talking about it, making sure women are included in it. Uh, women and intersectionality of women has to be your yeah. non-binary people. Everyone inclusive in that equation is very, very essential. I guess for the listeners who don't really know or understand how this problem could arise in AI and given that, you know, your whole PhD is in AI systems, um, how would you sort of explain what the risk is if we don't have diversity in the development of AI? Yeah, I, it's it's simply as we said, like you know, because AI ma machine learning, it's it's a form of a decision making process for us, right? Mm. Um, so that day to day normal operation can be done without through really getting involved with humans effort or humans input because we have feed in data they learn through data and then they produce uh, you know an outcome based on the learnings right so yeah. it only learns from the data so if the data is not reflective of or if the data is not inclusive of then the decision is completely biased 
So that's okay. what's essential for us to make. So then it's like, you know, of course, we teach the computers showing many apples to figure out an apple. And if you are showing apples, only green apples, it will figure out it will never catch up a red apple. Yeah, mm, that's a good example. So it's quite, um, it's very important that we make sure that we are creating awareness in this space. Otherwise, it's just going to make inequality is stronger it's really worrying actually yeah because there are certain aspects um this can be like you know ai it, it will dominate it's already dominating it will dominate the world in a, in a, not in a bad way in a good way of course technology is always good it's just that how we use it <laughs> it's never the bad thing um you know it's just our it's us who makes the makes it bad you know so we need to kind of get it right so if the teaching models training models are done in a way that um, real data real inclusive data is used then and then and also thinking patterns and inclusive of people is a different level like where the profit comes in is not just because of the data aspect it's it's an innovative process you know uh, yeah. you know what I would think and what you would think and what a general man would think you know there are certain aspects to that that is that's a different aspect that is where the money will come in but in terms of inclusive uh, things in the in in the space itself is another problem so these are two different problems to uh, needs to be addressed one we can easily market employers saying that it's it's a profit it's a profit benefit for you so therefore that's why you need to make attention but the ai biasness is of course something that we need to tackle um, more in more in a social and a like kind of right to do thing yes yeah yeah wow this all sounds really fascinating but i i'm really curious to know um just going back to basics and going back to your journey um just really interested to know what attracted you to information technology and do you have any influence when growing up because what we have discussed in this podcast before is that um sometimes the lack of women in our in the industry or in STEM fields is because of that lack of representation. So for us, it would be really important to know what influenced you to to join um, this this field. Yeah, for me, I think um, for me, I always had a curious mind from from the childhood. I always remember that about me. But I had my father being an engineer. He was a very curious man. And he was not like a textbooks engineer. He was a very practical one. Our house was full of gadgets everywhere, you know. It was uh, like so many rooms. He had everything and he does everything and anything, you know. So he's a very fascinated person. But at that time, it was really annoying, <laughs> to be honest with <laughs> too. Like, you know, it was my mother and two girls. So we can't keep a house clean. There is so much of stuff everywhere. And he needs help, you know. He wanted us to get involved. So we feel we don't like it. Um, but I think that is kind of come down. So he had that curiosity and he's such a person just, um, you know, because IT is not something I didn't necessarily wanted to become an engineer. I don't think I had that inspiration about, I wasn't sure what I need to do, honestly, but I, I honestly, if I was born in a different country, if I had the complete luxury of selecting what I wish to do, I think I would have taken like a career like um, 
fashion designer. I don't know. That's something oh. that I had, um, like, not that I'm fashionable, but I really enjoyed, you know, you know, I don't know, pattern designing and things like that. That that was so inspirational for me when I was young, but we didn't have, like, in you know, Sri Lanka being, we didn't have, like, I think now there is, but at that time there were no options. So um, kind of uh, then my father, when I was uh, doing my A-levels, he, 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 not, not everyone had computers at that time, but he, because of his fascination of things, like new things, he explored, he brought one and we started, you know, using. So that, in a way, kind of pushed me to computer science. Um, uh, not like knowing, like, I think, I don't know if you have listened to... Um, Steve Jobs saying that uh, when you look back, you know, the dots get connected, right? Yeah, you cannot true. see the connectioning going for looking forward, but looking back, you can see. I think it's just uh, I am a I'm a I'm a believer of God. And I, I you know, to have science or STEM or engineering, I, I believe in God. It can be, you know, it can be different people having their different beliefs. But for me, I think it was a path that he pushed all I've, I've been chosen for or whatever it is. And I think those were my dots to kind of get connected in a way. So I, um, you know, that was that time. So I pursued and I enjoyed, of course, I enjoyed being in computer science, uh, but I really wanted to get into that very technical industry uh, because I did a very technical um, degree as my bachelor's. It was a very difficult one. It was very reputed back home in Sri Lanka to be very difficult, but um, that particular degree, but my father was not someone uh, who enjoys um, that sort of uh, work life for a girl. Not that he is very typical, but, you know, sometime back, you know, women. Uh, so he, not that he forced me of anything, but I felt like, you know, he didn't enjoy me doing that. So I had to choose like an academic career, but still I enjoyed that as well. So I love teaching. I love being with others. I love to share my knowledge. That's always something I did, even, even if it's not STEM. I used to teach at um, us, um, Sunday school like, you know, religion and things like that. So therefore, it's it was inbuilt in me and I really enjoyed being doing doing that. So I was actually started being a tutor and stuff like that when I was just after finishing my first year being an undergrad. Uh, so and then I, I worked in, you know, multiple institutions and later it was less teaching, but more like managerial and high positioning since I finished my uh, bachelor's but I've been completely in academia until I came to Australia uh, worked with industry in, a, in ways of projects but mainly worked in academia but yeah my I think my father in a way but not that I've read books or found inspiration I don't know maybe none of that happened to me uh, but I think that I had that uh, you know I, I didn't enjoy his creativity or like enthusiasm at that time. Uh, but I think I had that genes at least. <laughs> I see. <laughs> That's such a nice insight. Hmm. My my dad also had a big influence on my decision making. <laughs> so it, it's it's like a common denominator <laughs> in a, a few people that we speak. <laughs> what was the other technical role? Sorry, if I, I can just... Um... 
ask like the, the the technical role that your dad was not really comfortable with you doing what was that like just working as a yeah it was a like just after finishing my degree it was uh, like you know it company so the problem is i lived um like Sri Lanka is a small country and mostly this IT and everything happened at that time in in the city like main city in Colombo so i was in kalutara i used to come to city colombo every morning for my studies for the university that was fine but you know in these roles because a lot of these it companies works for us and uk projects so that's late hours for us so he didn't okay. enjoy me coming home in the late hours so anywhere you go be home at 6 o'clock 7 o'clock it's all good by him but nothing later so um i necessarily couldn't and my sister was also married at that time so i was the only girl so i have to kind of be with my parents go home back so that career didn't fix me not that he like necessarily stopped it i think it's a late night kind of hours and things yeah. like that security aspect yeah, those things. aspects he didn't uh, so i've been a very obedient girl to my father and my mother so and so it was all good and you know my employer at that time they didn't wanted me to go in a way so every time when i was trying to move they always give a promotion and a salary raise <laughs> and kept me so i didn't have the urge to do it okay. uh, yeah yeah you must be brilliant yeah <laughs> cuz it's a competitive field that one Yeah. yeah yeah so just uh, but as i said i don't i don't see it as something that i've missed i i thought uh, like you know programming languages and things like that as part of teaching but um i i'm i'm sure it would have been more enthusiastic uh, if 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 i was in real environment of uh, you know in in the industry but still um, i enjoyed being part of you know students life uh, uh you know because it's it's a way of you know i i enjoy giving back in that way and yeah. a lot of students being learned and i pushed a lot of girls during my time it's going to say you can influence them to drop the bias yeah you influence the next generation literally yeah it was not stem sisters back then but i think i had this you know in in me that i did everything in order to kind of support that even mm-hmm. at that time yeah good representation see an inspiration for all the women that were in the classroom which is really important um so when you moved to australia or even when you were back in sri lanka um did you face any obstacles as a woman in that industry or well in the academia sorry uh or did you or was it how was the experience like yeah I should say we I don't know this is my analysis maybe I'm wrong me I'm right this is my experience mostly at early to mid careers I see I don't have encountered any men who have been uh, struck like you know a challenge to me or trouble to me to be honest with but I have encountered women who do that but at the top level because i worked very in the top level positions in multiple organizations back home then where the competition i mentioned where in the top level if women needs to represent some men needs to step down so <clears throat> then that is becoming competition for them so i have experienced that at those levels but i have experienced some women um 
have challenge, you know. I, I even STEM sisters, I called it as a sisterhood because I think women are highly intellectual. This is like a proven fact again, right? In an in a in a world where intellectuality is 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 what it's all because you do don't need to be masculine. That was you know how many years ago you need to be masculine to survive. Now you need to be intellectual to survive, right? So okay. when women are this much intellectual we shouldn't be facing these problems why because we are not united i'm not saying not all i think the now generation is far better i think there is like not that saying like but still i think there were because of less opportunities people try to fight for it in a way Okay. And especially yeah. I'm talking about Sri Lankan context, you know, where you don't have much opportunities. There's only few, so everyone need to fight for it. Like in Australia, it's quite something different. So people not re really relate to what I'm saying. But if you're coming from um, not so kind of advanced country, like developed country, you may see yeah. there is less opportunity. So you need to fight for it. So sometimes yeah. fight is not necessarily you know, nicely done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, competition is good. You know, that brings you, you yeah. have should have a competition within yourself, but you shouldn't compete with others, you know. No, but they almost have to because there's not that much to go around. And yeah. Do you think um, this competition or this, um, because I am Colombian, as I said before to you, um, and back home, there was sort of like a, I hope this word exists. Is like a rival, rivalry. Rival. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like for example, if a if a woman was successful in a company, the first comment that they would make would be like, maybe she and this sounds awful. I don't support it at all. But they would be like, maybe she slept with the boss. There would be comments that were of that tone. So I wonder whether this is something to do with because my country. I feel like it's in comparison to 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 a country like Australia. It's very conservative in the way of thinking, very misogynistic, unfortunately. Do you think this misogyny has something to do with the way we see other women? Is like a competition? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, that's that's what I kind of meant in that my previous saying. So I think you know, developed countries you'll find this less. But I think in uh, when you have scarcity, uh, of course, people need to kind of figure out a way to kind of get it. So and then also um, that sort of mentality around things like I always encourage, you know, to be, you know, being a woman, you are the best person to empathize another woman. Right. Honestly. It can be your supervisor. It can be your subordinate. It can be your colleague, you know you know what what it's what what challenges you face you know going through your life journey and so be empathetic to others so i i've like you know so saying this people may misunderstand okay oh, i'm just you know not not a not a good team player with women not at all you know i just enjoy women i love women i have very great friends and i do understand and i love that but i think why women are still finding hard in this society whether it's stem or many other aspects because if we are if you are really supportive of each other, we should be really better than this. That's because it's an intellectual world. In an intellectual world, we are, you know, we are skilled with, um, you know, many things to perform really well. 
So if we can support each other, right, and then help each other's journeys and uh, support them in that, like, you know, you being a supervisor, you know, supporting it, supporting your, um, you know, immediate, uh, you know, boss or you know your your colleague or your subordinate whoever understanding the struggles that you as a woman go through i think you know we should be able to do much more that's my general mm. understanding about it but i have seen less of that in australia but yeah mm. but I'm, wow. I'm and also at the same time i think you know my time and this time is is we have improved because there are a lot of these type of discussions in social media there are a lot of knowledge out there that people now understand competition should be always within yourself right you should be yeah. aimed to do better than what you did yesterday right that's all we should be aiming for right uh, it's not about competition with someone else it's always competition should be within yourself so i think there is more awareness about these things now in the world comparatively you know when in my early days but as i mentioned when i kind of hitting that top level then that was i could see like you know comments like you know i remember when i was just married like <laughs> my immediate boss he was a ceo used to ask mm, are you kind of look you know like if i take a break he, he's just trying to see whether i'm pregnant or not <laughs> <laughs> you know so like oh, guys you know gosh. those kind of things or he was just he bluntly said to me one day like ruang if you're making any plans uh, you know better let us know that's safe so, but you know these were funny comments for me like you know i've been a very confident person so a lot of things i don't take it like you know i don't feel bad or let down myself or you know these were funny but it's the they are not appropriate things you know they, they are not appropriate not. things and not and some people would really be terrified or you know will be struggle with some of these comments so for me it was all good i've just you know come up to you know i was not in that space of mentality to let myself down or just laughed at it and that's it for me but you know so and then many other stuff there uh, are men i have come across uh, who can feel you are a challenge when you come to that like top when you're like you know when your next move is like a very top position yes yeah competition wow Thank you for for sharing that story. It got me thinking about how we also have improved in this society in like objectifying women. Like I feel like back on the day there was more of that. I mean, there is a still, but I feel like people are, are more aware now because even if you see like magazines and stuff like that, the covers of the magazines, the tabloids, everything was about women's bodies. It was about just yeah, it was awful for us i i definitely think that i'm glad that now at least there's more awareness in those in in that aspect um and i like that you talked about um you know like you had that confidence that it wouldn't really let you down and you talked about like the a, a problem in the network networking that the women like you've worked with in substances is working on that confidence So we like to usually think about what can we do to improve like you know the situation rather than you know what can organizations do because organizations don't give a shit. But um, <laughs> how unfortunately they don't. Yeah, I mean unless like the profit margin and everything like is blatantly obvious capitalism doesn't super super care. So what like how um have you found like the confidence how do you work on like getting the confidence of the women up? What makes it different 
for you i guess how have you managed to keep that high and how is it different for the people around you yeah for me i think i didn't know knowingly or unknowingly from a very small age i i try to say myself that i am confident <laughs> <laughs> you nice, know like you know, nice. I had my I have had a sister you know and yeah. then she used to I remember she used to <laughs> get scared to get into the, go to the washroom in the night without my mother it was in the house but still you know she wanted yeah. my mother next to the next to when she, my sister has that too <laughs> very small yeah next to the uh, you know uh, the door standing and i just wanted to be like you know little be little better than that kind of so uh, like you know maybe that whatever it is i just always pushed myself and i thought like you know i i didn't play my life according to anyone like you know there are a lot of odd boxes in my life uh, many things that i did which are not necessarily what lot of women do like you know some women okay when you hit this age you need to get married when you hit this age you have to be having a child when you like some of these things were not necessarily a challenge for me i didn't think of myself in such a way i think it kind of brought me from my very childhood to do that but as i said i i say always for 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 the women just to be enjoy being who you are it's not that you have to go in front of a mirror and say oh i love you i i admire myself not not to say like that like if that makes you better if that's the way you kind of get it do it but i think honestly and truly you know be who you are and 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 be happy for yourself you know um don't compare yourself with anyone you know their journey is completely different your journey is completely different try to be better rather than who were you you'll do mistakes understand them learn from it don't repeat them and and just carry on it's such a short journey in this world that we have right um there is so much of uncertainty in life right so when you think about that you know you never know when the next minute can bring you you know when in, and you are given a gift right of life to enjoy and also to make contribution right uh, to do something so that brings you joy as well right so as it like you know certain decision being back home in sri lanka some decisions are not definitely my best like you know the choices that i exactly wanted to make because there are certain decisions you have to take on board um, you know in terms of based on the environment but now in my current situation i try to choose exactly what i felt i should do rather than taking um, decisions based on finances or anything for that matter right uh, because i i feel like you know a lot of these things will come come for you if you are passionate of what you wanted to do right so you know when you put that i think because we are kind of maybe this is nothing to do with stem but this is what my belief is about we are you know kind of way scheduled to do a certain thing in this world you know so you sooner you figure out that and then you adjust with it and you enjoy what you do because you are given that kind of skill set for that you are given that sort of you know situation for that so you understand that and play around you just be happy you know and that brings you confidence it's not the con- confidence is never about what someone sees in their eyes it's about what you feel 
and some people are, you know, you can practice confidence, it's a skill and those kind of things also I've heard. But I think it's as when you feel, when you start really be happy with who you are, the way you look, the way you sound, the mistakes that you make, um, you know, maybe your, you know, culture, your uh, country, your parents or everything. If you just make a, you know, reconciliation of all of that, you'll be just confidence because, you know, you have accepted yourself. Well, I've never seen it like that. And yes, I have read quotes everywhere that say that accepting yourself is the base for confidence but i feel like you have articulated and explained it really really well um, do you feel like that foundation comes from your spiritual side like because a lot of that is i guess similar to what i've learned as well yeah, yeah. yes and no i'm not like okay. the you know i think i've not gone to sunday mass for <laughs> no but growing up did that have an influence yes yes, yes. yes. Yeah. right like you know my my family my church and everyone instilled me what's right and wrong and mm. especially my mother always used to tell me, think about when you do something, how 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 will you feel if that happens to you? So mm. from that... That's really nice. Taught you empathy from such a young age. Yeah. So if you grow empathy, you figure out, okay, I don't like hearing this. I don't like to, someone saying this to me. Mm. I don't want someone to, someone to do this to me. And you just mm. avoid doing that. I'm not saying I'm saying that I've done so many mistakes in my life. Still would do. Uh, but, but you have the awareness. Yes, yeah. awareness. And I would say sorry if I'm genuinely knowing my mistake. I, would, I, I don't mind, you know, practicing those. I, if I've done a mistake, even to anyone, I'll be completely silent and let them shout at me as what does they need. Because <laughs> I admit that I have done a mistake. Yeah. I was wondering, like you said, like you've, you know, if you've made a mistake or, um, you know, have been in that sort of situation, you're pretty happy to um, acknowledge it and apologize. Um, has there been a time where there's been something like very, very big and, you know, you've had trouble with that issue ever? Uh, no, not very yeah. big. Uh, but okay. yeah. <laughs> not that, not that. Like, because I've had that empathy and consciousness yeah. of what the things okay. that you do, I don't do, you know, that sort of heavy bad things. So it's not ever been like there was a time where, okay, you should have said sorry, you didn't, and you learned from that. It was just, you've always practiced it sort of thing. Yes. So I learned from my wow. mistake. I tried to, but not that saying some mistakes I constantly do have. Like, you know, I know that they are wrong, you know, sometimes I just, you know, some bad habits, I think, you know. So that's about it. But I'm also similarly very adamant when others do mistakes as well. Yeah, especially ones, you know, which uh, more than myself, when it affects others, I have stand up always for what is right. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Um, do you have any people that inspire you or any women that you look up to? I do have many, but I think my biggest and the biggest inspiration is my mother. Uh, she's the most kindest, loving influential i don't think that i can be that so kind or that so giving you know in any way that like what my mother did of course she would have not you know done like setting up organizations or anything like that but being a mother she have i'm sure like you know a lot of children can relate to their mothers in this way but for you know personally me my mother is being the biggest inspiration um how much she have, uh, you know, given up in herself uh, 
uh, you know, in terms of our happinesses and our achievements and, and you know, the sacrifices that they, what she have made is immense. And then there is no inspiration for me to draw from other than her. Mm-hmm. But in terms of career-wise, I have read many women's stories. I've heard many women speak. And definitely I've been inspired. I also, I'm not a good read. Um, I don't read much, so I don't have much books to kind of share. But I love watching TED Talks and on YouTube. I listen to things, um, not necessarily podcasts, but, you know, YouTube stuff and then like inspirational things what people share. And I kind of try to reflect back on these kind of things to my life and see whether what I can gain and what I can improve. So men, women, STEM, non-STEM, all across, I have drawn inspiration from others, of course. Yes, and uh, there are many who have done that, but like someone personal who have given inspiration to me is my mom. Yeah. Mm, that's really nice. Do you think that that sense of self-awareness and the power of reflection that you talk about is something that you gain through being um, brought up in a in a religious family? Or have you always been a type of person that reflects on the things that happen to you and um I guess like getting to know yourself more yeah from all I this think when I was small I think having a religious background is important because you just doesn't know much you know you're just out there just trying to figure out you know so religion makes some contribution for you know putting you in a pathway I do believe that but I think once you kind of mature and understand the world what is right and wrong it's not the religion it's I think it's about human human aspect the empathy and then and then understanding life more importantly realizing that you're going to die you know I think that's that has been more important and so my focus was okay what am I going to leave this world when I die, you know, it, it doesn't have to be something big, you know, but yeah. but some contribution, you know. So when I was teaching, I was always teaching. I, I think, you know, teaching professions who, who all the teachers in the world do an enormous, enormous job, you know, because it's not about just person's life. It's their children's life, their partner's life, their, you know, whole family's lives, right, you know, what you uplift through so that's kind of the motivation that i had at that time now i have that very similar aspiration for stem sisters how much that we can support how much that we can change um the world through this but i think it doesn't have to be like you know, not everyone has to set up an organization not nothing like that but mm-hmm. if you consciously live your life to see like you know realizing that you're going to die that take away a lot of your pride, a lot of your selfishness, because you know you're not going to be here. What what the point of, you know, accumulating all of these, uh, you know, there is X amount of things that we can all spend, all, all live with. But, uh, you know, but if you can make change, even one person's life, I think it's lasting, yeah. And you're helping change so many women's lives. So that's amazing. Uh, But what I was really curious about with STEM Sisters is um, you mentioned like, you know, you make decisions like consciously what you want. uh, But with the direction of an organization like that, 
um, and you've like done a whole bunch of new initiatives in uh, 2021 with that, how you're talking about, you know, the comic books and everything. Do you draw advice from like a mentor about it or some like do you look at like successful businesses and how they've managed things or are you just playing it by the ear? Um, like, of course, there have been many, ad- many supporters and advisors, but particularly per initiative per se, I've just really worked with the community try to yeah. understand that yeah. now dress to impress if i give you an example dress to impress i've never been conscious of my confidence of how i wear not for me at all but i've seen that in a lot of other women so it's mm-hmm. not just about me it's not um i cannot take myself as the role model for or like representing all women of color so for me my accent is not an issue right i don't necessarily don't need to extravagant saying okay it's my superpower or not of course it's kind of in a way i'm unique you know so therefore it can be my superpower but i, I didn't had issues in any of them you know i didn't i never had that problem you know how do i look it didn't never affected my confidence but for a lot of women it is so that's why dress to impress came about so when i work with a lot of other members in the community i see their struggle then i see okay how do i can help this particular aspect of women of color uh, you know so a lot of women change their names try to change their identity look someone like different all of these are happening and i don't want you to de- do for them to do that because after some time it's so tiring acting is so tiring you know you have to be who you are then only you can be really happy about yourself you can act x amount of you know you, it just it just goes out you know you need it's not your authentic self yeah not at all so that's why dress to impress came and then i couple up that with few other things because we have to be sustainable that's that's a bigger problem climate change and everything so migrant women i'm sure in your when you are in your bubble in your home country you had your like i used to wear my sister's clothes we used to have used to wear my cousin's clothes and we passed down our clothes to maybe next you know family members or at least there are someone to give them to but you know when you are being a migrant you don't have any of that so you can be part of the problem too you know so how we can do even dress to impress in like you know giving confidence but in a better way how do we can do that so that's why dress to impress has that part of the aspect as well so it's all about most of the initiatives have come from me engaging with my community understanding what their real problems and i said you know i had a lot of things that i did because i i have to do this you know most they are their voluntary basis i'm trying to make it non voluntary basis like in at least um you know it's a, it will be same sisters will be ever a non profit but you cannot go beyond certain point without finances because i've taken a toll in my finance for the last one year so it's not something that i can do continuously and even working with volunteers is fantastic but the way the the gravity of the speed that we are growing we need paid employees to work with stem sisters so in order to achieve that that's what i've you know working for the last one year on this aspect but even saying that even me doing voluntary i have to find at least passion and interest to do so a lot of the things that i've come up with had things to for me to engage or enjoy so even the comic books even dress to impress many things that i did like you know lot of the social media post and everything is something that i found a way that i enjoy and i'm sure that you both 
enjoy doing podcasts, you know, something, an outlet that you would enjoy. So you try to use that medium in order to communicate your message to the world. So that's what I did as well. So I try to find the problem, find a solution, but something that can cover some of my skill set or passion or interest. So that is something that I can manage or I can go yeah. ahead with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so interesting because I feel like that can also be applied when you are finding... Like if you just finished high school and you're facing um, with the decision of like what to study, I feel like a lot of people, when they are making that big decision, further down the track, once they have studied or studied their studies, um, they are like, oh, I don't really know if I made the right decision. And I feel like a lot of people forget that you have to put that bit of, bit of a spice that comes from you, make it different. It's like realigning the wheel. And what I really like what, about what you said is that you have put your essence into this project and that's probably the reason why it's come so far. It's definitely your why and that's why it's happening. You have it really clear in in in, in you and I love the fact that you are working for the communities, listening to what they actually need because a lot of people that work with communities forget about listening to the needs and that happens even in engineering when we work in projects we sometimes forget to engage with communities and really understand what they are like needing so i i definitely admire that um and i think it's really important and it can be applicable for many different aspects in your life and in your professional career yeah of course yes i think you know nowadays i like and as i said there was like the internet or social media was not there when I selected my subject when I wanted to go to uni. Not that I reflect and say, think I should have chosen something else. But I think now everyone, a lot of people in the world, you know, even they are even in still developing countries have access to knowledge much farther than what we had, like in my time, just making selections. So I think no one should do something that no one should engage in something that they don't enjoy they should find it's not that you should take years and years understanding your passion but at least you would know what you like and what you don't like so try to find things because life is too short as i always say life is too short you need to be happy every day so if you want to work on something um you know something that is so tiring i hate this you know that's not that's not the work that you should engage in I think now the world is much broader and open, even even artistic things. You can pursue and have a great career because what you are passionate and what you are really skilled, there is no one like you else there. So you will you can find your niche, uh, the purpose that you are for, and you'll be extremely successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really beautiful to hear. It's very inspiring. Um, we should probably start to wrap up, even though we have heaps of questions, but we, we are mindful of your time as well. So um, we usually do a few um, just lighter questions just to get to know you a little bit in a different aspect of things. Um, so I guess you said that you didn't read many books. 
And it's amazing to me because you're a PhD student who has to read a lot of documents and prepare them like yourself. How do you stay motivated? <laughs> of course, IT, you can find it. I think I've learned most of things what I for my PhD from YouTube. <laughs> um, so that's what I said. So I don't read books, textbooks. Uh, uh, I don't like them reading. Like even I read, I put it to, I get the, um, like it's like Kindle or something. It's the voice that I hear. I don't read, read. Even mm. my PhD thesis, I put it to the voice, uh, voice, voice command and it to be read to me. You know, I hate reading, you know, going through lines. Uh, something that I don't enjoy in any 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 method, <laughs> but uh, but as I said, like you know, audio books or things like that. Yes, I do. But even like in terms of books, I really like the video aspect when someone is really because I need to see and like I need the full experience. I love sitting and really hearing someone talking. But like when I was <clears throat> going to school, also I always remember. I'm not someone who studies all the time when I come home, but I don't miss school. I love to see when the teacher teaches. I learn from yeah. it. I remember from it. So I absorb and it's it's there. When I wanted to process, it processes. So that's have been always my way. Like it's it's different for everyone. This is yeah. my way. So for me, it's IT. So everything is on the internet. You can find and learn. And there are so great teachers uh, just pro just providing free content so you can learn anything from there and so therefore not been an issue for my end <laughs> yeah wow it's um it's actually really interesting because you really know the um you learning style you know it's you, you just know that you and you embrace it because a lot of people you know like especially now we see a lot of people that love reading and a lot of successful people that read a lot and sometimes you just because another people are doing it then you do it but you're like no i actually like watching videos and i love the fact that throughout your phd that's the way you land and it's for our listeners for those that don't enjoy reading it's truly valuable because you're very an intel a very intelligent person so they shouldn't feel discouraged if they don't like reading yeah <laughs> keep watching videos and listening to yeah, good content content uh, out there maybe a book like you know i've heard stories like even they say okay uh, even a movie you read the book is different experience than watching a movie it can be for mm. someone but i would watch the movie you know so mm. it, like we are all different just embrace who you are don't try to fight by fight yourself you know of course there are things that you need to improve right which you have to fight by yourself, fight with yourself to improve. But these kind, some of these things doesn't worth the fight, you know. So if you're getting done, getting done it in another way, without without not harming anyone, not harming yourself, and you are achieving your goal, and why you should do, should do something exactly like someone else? Not needed. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I guess on that note, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> Oh, I have many. I don't know. I, I love uh, I love romantic type of uh, very like story romantic, not the funny romantic. I enjoy funny romantic, but uh, but I think I have in, inspiration type of movies. I love uh, the what is the 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 three women hidden figures. <gasps> so good <laughs> yeah that movie yeah i do love yeah. that honestly i do there are multiple movies i love that They're similar like you know women's stories and very inspiration ones uh, women being allies those kind of things like wherever even like romantic ones uh, there's like 
there's one about i can't remember the title much adeline's age or something like oh yeah age of adeline that was nice yeah <laughs> that was a nice one uh, likewise i've i've enjoyed much uh, many movies um, some harry potter stuff you know i have a wide range of things i love harry potter <laughs> So um I suppose that would answer the question that like as a means of entertainment you enjoy movies or is there like a different means that you enjoy like music or what do you like better I love dancing I think that would be my wow. best yes I I used to do some latin dancing back home um oh, wow. I yeah I, something that I really wanted to do one thing that I when I start of when I'm coming to melbourne that's something that I really wanted to do I I used to like this latin in the sense is i know the salsa and stuff but i was more learning like you know cha cha like the old latin you know nice that's so cool yeah i really really <laughs> you should do it again <laughs> i know but you know yeah. I, i was good at it also though i was you know though i my physics yeah. doesn't say that i am a dancer but i was good at it also but couldn't find a partner um uh, you know so that's it's so hard Yeah, if you don't have a good partner, it's really it doesn't make a good experience. I thought Melbourne would be better, but obviously it's not that uh, good <laughs> here on Melbourne for people if you try to explore but then there is less men everywhere. <laughs> yeah, missing. They are missing out. Yeah, but I think there is more to the more, more modern Latin, but I I like modern Latin. I like, you know, uh, the salsa, the bachata. It's not that some things I can't do. I'm not that flexible. These some some things are very complicated. But the old Latin, you know, you don't have much complications unless that you are like dancing for a competition like your your like back pool or something. Um social dancing is much more uh, easy going and both from yeah. staff. So Really need to explore that. Well, we have to go out dancing, that's for sure. Because <laughs> I love dancing too. <laughs> yeah, I know Colombian so ones. Nice. Uh, you know, you always uh, dance. I have, you know, there have been friends, but because of COVID, we couldn't necessarily go out. So yeah. The last one. Oh, what's your favorite Sri Lankan food? Oh, okay. Um, I think I love lot of stuff in Sri Lanka. I am a very having a sweet tooth, so anything sweet goes well. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be Sri Lankan for me. A lot of sweets, very sweet. Yeah. Ice cream to chocolates to everything. Uh, I do enjoy. That's the Is there anything that you miss from home? Though? Uh, not so much because you can find everything in melbourne to be honest with like you know melbourne has okay. a very very uh, vast sri lankan community and you can basically find i think fruits fruits are not tasty here back home fruits are i agree mangoes the are first... mangoes you know they are very tasty <laughs> the, the first time that i actually ate a banana here in australia to me it tasted completely different from a banana from colombia mm I don't know if it doesn't say the same oranges everything it's really interesting i thought i was going crazy to be honest <laughs> i know there's a difference for sure <laughs> i think to end off um would is there any advice that you'd have for like a younger listeners or anyone out there that you know you wish you had heard earlier oh, wish i hadn't heard earlier i don't know whether i normally don't reflect back and think something would have changed or didn't do or no i don't think like that but one thing i would like to share I, i think i've you know said multiple times be authentic be who you are enjoy being who you are improve yourself don't compare yourself with anyone else you are here for a purpose you are a gift you are precious you are 
all good things. So embrace who you are and be happy and enjoy your life. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so Love much that. for for that and thank you so much for your time again to congratulate you and stem sisters for the award for the latest award that you guys and even for your phd that was just earlier this year or last year yeah, yeah. graduated in march yeah, finished mm. last yeah. year yeah. congratulations that's four years worth of effort done <laughs> yeah all these sleepless nights um but i was gonna say if um if our listeners want want to find out about how to become a member of stem sisters or how to be part of such a wonderful community that you have uh, and that you have created um can they just access to the website and to linkedin to to be part is there like um there is a sign up um because everything is free so we don't have like a membership form or anything like that so there is a newsletter that you can sign up to so every month we send information through the newsletter so they can be part of you know following us reach out to us if they're like mostly we are doing events in melbourne at this time so once we announce they can be part of the events and yeah so we don't charge anything for men- memberships or anything like that so simply you are amazing a as you you know follow along yes <laughs> wonderful okay well thank you so much it's um, been a pleasure talking to you and getting to know more about you honestly so inspiring <laughs> thank you and i don't i don't know whether they are inspiring or not i've just been brutal on us that's all <laughs>